Hi there, and welcome to Manningham Christian Centre's Sermon of the Week. I'm so glad you joined us. My name is Matt Wyatt, and I'm the lead pastor here. My prayer for you is that as you listen, you encounter God and find this message practically helpful. It would mean a lot to us if you were able to rate and subscribe. This not only lets us know how we can serve you better, but also spreads the message to those who need to hear it. Hey, thanks so much again, and I look forward to catching up with you later. Bye. Praise God. God bless you all. You can grab a seat. Who enjoyed worship tonight? Yeah, I think I'll come down here. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm more amongst my friends when I come down here. Praise the Lord. Who, give me a wave if you're a visitor here tonight, if this is not your normal church that you attend. Praise God. Look at all these people. Give them a big hand. God bless you. Wonderful to have you in Manningham. I've never been to Manningham before until till today. I guess I'm in Manningham. Is that correct? Yes. Praise God. And um, we spend a lot of time in Victoria. Probably we do more meetings in Victoria than any other state, including our home state, would you believe? And... Um, be encouraged. God is moving in Victoria. There's an, open, there's an opening in the heavens that we sense in Victoria that we don't sense in other places as a rule. That God is moving. Some of the biggest miracles we've ever seen happen have happened right here in Victoria. Like that one, that, that lady, um, what's her name? Kaylee from Frankston. When she came to the front, she had all these conditions with her body she was um, long-term uh, diabetic. She had really, really bad blood circulation, like she'd have to have a dozen blankets in the summertime on her bed if it was more than, I don't know, if, if, if the weather got less than about 28 degrees, she would be cold. She could never get warm because of her, the blood circulation. She had problems with her, her mouth, her gums and things like this. She had pain in her body. And I prayed for her. And I broke a spirit of rejection. We saw there earlier tonight about how God wants to get into people's hearts. Amen. Most healings happen that way. So I, I prayed for her and I just felt break a spirit of rejection off this woman. As soon as I did that, the power of God came on her and she went straight down onto the floor. And then a few minutes later, she, she's never done that before. So, you know, she's not expecting that. And she gets up and she's just blown away. And, and she's going, oh, my, my legs, my legs are all tingling. My legs are all tingling because God's opening up the circulation in her legs. Yeah. Amen. And um, somebody else, she went to the doctor the next day. And yeah, and she's, she's five, four centimetres, two centimetres. I'm just getting carried away here. Two <laughs> centimetres taller than she's ever been before. Why did that happen? I can't remember now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All of her, anyway, all of her bodies just started to straighten out. And the rejection, I heard of her story um, a little while after that when we were chatting with her some more. She was um, discarded as a, as a baby, as a young baby. She was one of the first Mother Teresa children to be taken in over in, in India where she originally come from. And, um, and all this rejection stuff, God completely set her free of all of that. And then, and then after all that happened and she's like, wow, this is good. She goes and sits down and then there's all this commotion 20 minutes later up the back and she comes out again. She says, I don't know what's happening, but my hand, it opens up. It opens up. 
And then her husband, he comes out, he's crying, he's weeping. Neither of them ever been to church before. He comes out, he's holding his hand like this. And he says, I've known her. I've been married to her for 16 years. I've known her for longer than that. And ever since then, I've known her. She's never been able to open a hand more than this. And there they are, both crying and God's moving on them. And I said, well, right now, all you need to do is, is do you want to receive Jesus, the guy who's just healed you? And they said, yes, we do. So right there in that meeting, salvation comes into that house. And then, I don't know, about um, less than a month later, they're water baptised and serving in the local church. Praise the Lord. Amen. Is God good? They just walked in off the street. Amen. I wonder how many people can we get to walk in off the street here in this church this weekend. Amen. Jesus is, I'm telling you, we, we ministered in Narendra in a church out there. That's, that's country New South Wales. And um, it was a Friday night meeting just like this. And, and they, they normally have their youth on a Friday night. And, and their youth group is this wild bunch. Like they're off the street kind of youth. They're not come out of church families or they've never been, probably some of them ever been to a Sunday service. They just come along to youth and muck up. And there they were. My whole meeting is almost full of all these kids. And there was a few adults there, but not too many. And, um, and they're all jostling around in the worship and mucking about and walking around and just doing whatever they like. And the pastor, he was ready. Pastor Trevor, he, he said, I actually had the, um, the bus parked out the front. He said, Brett, I'm, I'm, he, he said, after the meeting, he said to me, I had the bus parked out the front and as soon as worship was over, I was going to usher all these kids onto the bus and take them home so they didn't ruin your meeting. Well, I just started to preach the gospel. The Holy Spirit said, preach to these kids just like you would a bunch of adults. And so I just started to preach the gospel to them. And I started to share Bible stories and declare the power of God and share testimonies and speak over their lives. And they all sat there. You could hear a pin drop the whole night. And then I thought, okay, I'll start to call people out and pray for them. Some of these older people, there'll be something wrong with them. Anyway, guess who comes out? All the kids come out, praise God. All these young people, they're year, year, year four, year five, year six, year seven, you know, the best age, praise God, boys mostly, seven, year eight, all around that age. First guy, they're all there, they all come out together, you know, they're sort of mucking around. First guy, I said, what would you like for you? Oh, I don't know. I said, well, go and sit down. So off he went. And then the next guy, what do you want prayer for? Oh, my little pinky. I'm like, oh, I want to slap this boy. Anyway. God said, pray for him. So I pray for him. Power of God comes over him. He's on the ground. Next guy comes up. I said, what do you want prayer for? I had to be strict. I said, you two, you stay there. You sit over there if you're going to muck around or I'll make you sit down the back. If you want prayer, you've got to be quiet and sit there. Oh, okay. That would have destroyed my meeting if I wouldn't have been hard on them. Third guy comes up for prayer. I said, you've, you've got learning disabilities at school and the teachers give you a hard time. Everyone gives you a hard time. God's going to set you free of that here tonight. Power of God comes on him and he's on the ground. And went one after the other after the other, all these boys. And then afterwards, the youth leader, she said, how did you know all that stuff? She said, that was so spot on for all of those young men. And at the end of the meeting, when it come time for people to respond to the gospel, to receive Christ, guess who puts up their hand and comes out the front? Six or eight of these young blokes giving their hearts to Christ. Amen. I'm telling you, people want to hear the gospel. They want to hear about Christ. They don't want, it, they, they don't want a, a fluffy, soft version of Jesus. They want to hear the real thing. They want to be told. We need to preach the gospel. Amen.
Romans 1.16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God. Everybody say the power of God. For it is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel is filled with power, but it's only filled with power when you're not ashamed of it. When you don't try and water it down or you don't try and soften it up or you don't try and, you know, hold it back, but you release it over people's lives. It's the power of heaven to set people free. Amen. Let's have a look in the Word of God. Let's go to Luke chapter 5, verse 17 to 26. So I started to discover this um, I, I, because I, I couldn't get a gig in my home church there for a lot of years, even though I could preach and I was going to other churches and getting invitations to go here and there. And I was complaining to myself. Anyone ever done that? Complain to yourself? Yeah. I was complaining to myself in the front row, God, this guy who's up here preaching, I could do better than him. How come I don't get a go? And the Holy Spirit said to me, he said, go and get your own crowd. There's a word, go and get your own crowd. So my own crowd was my customers, amen, in the workplace. It's my business so I can preach to them. I'm not working for a boss and scaring off all his customers. Don't do that if you work for a boss, amen. Someone, everyone to hear that? Yes. I used, to, I used to work in a dealership years ago when God started to move on my life and I would witness to a lot of customers because they would stand there and watch you back in the old days where the farmer had come in whilst you were fixing his car and he'd, he'd lean there and he'd have a chat to you because I grew up on a farm and so I knew a lot of these guys. And um, sometimes we'd get into a spiritual conversation and I'd say, look, let, let's, let me call in and see you after work and we'll chat some more. And um, I'd led people to Christ like that and um, got to pray for them and minister to them and all kinds of things, but I was careful that I didn't do it on the boss's time. But this is, I'm the boss, amen, so I can do whatever I want. Praise God, it's good being the boss sometimes. There's got to be some benefits to being the boss. Anyway, and so this, this guy rings me up, this grumpy old man who I'd never heard of, didn't, didn't know him, he rings me up to come and service his vehicle at his home. And I go right across the other side, it's a rich side of town, and he says, how much for a service? And I tell him, and he says, do I get a pension, a discount? And I said, no. Huh. When can you come? And I told him the time and we sat with her, we agreed. He lives in the richest part of town. He wants a pension, a discount. But anyway, yeah, yeah. So I, I drive there and I do the job and then I go inside to pay him for the job. And I, I'm, it was exactly what I quoted him. And um, he says, you want a cup of tea? Well, I said, yeah, sure, I'd love to. And so we sat down, we had a cup of tea together. And as, as, he, as he goes to get up, the kettle's boiled, he, as he goes, he goes, oh, 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 and he's hobbling and moaning. I said, what's wrong? He said, oh, this knee, it's got all kinds of things wrong with it. I said, let me pray. And I showed him in my phone. I said, look, I said, this has got nothing to do with cars, but I said, I get to pray for people and God heals them. And I had a video of a couple of people getting healed and testifying and I played it to him and he went for a minute and I said, would you like me to pray for your knee? I said, all you need to have is a mustard seed of faith. And I said to him, this is what I believe a mustard seed of faith is. If you can say in here, God, I think you're real and I'd like you to help me. If you can say that, you've got a mustard seed of faith. He goes, and he's, a, he's an ex-Royal um, Air Force commander and he knows it. And he goes, oh, I've got that. And I said, let me pray. So I put my hand on his knee and I said, right now. And, I, and I, I prayed just like this. I said, in the name of Jesus, pain, I command you, loose this man's knee, set him free now. Get out now. 
In Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, I release your healing power. Because it's the power. It's the power of God unto salvation. Salvation means saved, means healed, means delivered, means set free, means prospering in your soul, means wholeness in your mind. In Jesus' name. And now I just left my hand there because you've got to let the Holy Spirit minister. You don't be in a hurry because I'm not ashamed. And, um, but don't leave it there too long because it gets a bit weird otherwise. <laughs> and I said, there you go. I said, try that. And he gets up and he starts to walk. I said, just go for a walk. And he walks across and he goes, and he's shaking his head. And I thought, uh-oh. And he said, that's amazing. There's no more pain in that knee. It's completely gone. And then he makes the cup of tea and he goes to sit and he goes, oh. I said, what's wrong? He says, oh, it's the other knee. He said, <laughs> he said that, that's not as bad as this one was, but it, it's kind of swapped over. And this one's been, you know, it's been crooked for a long time. I said, well, let me pray for that. And he goes, no, 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 you can't do anything for that. I said, of course you can. Yeah, no, no. He said, I said, why? He said, the doctors ruined that five years ago in an operation. But he didn't use the word ruin. He used a different word to that. <laughs> Doctors ruined that. I said, God can do anything. Let me pray for that knee as well. Because I'm not ashamed. Amen. And so he said, okay. So I prayed twice for that knee, commanded the pain to go in the name of Jesus. Amen. There's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. You must be saved. Jesus is not an option. He's the only way. And um, I put my hand on his knee and prayed. And then release the Holy Ghost over his knee. And I said, okay, hop up and go for a walk. And he's walking like this. And he goes, that's amazing. He said, there's no more pain in that knee either. He said, he said, you really, you've got something in your hands. I said, no, no, no. I said, the reason why this works is because Jesus is real. God raised him from the dead and he likes you. <laughs> and then we kept chatting and I said, has anyone ever explained the gospel to you? Has, and, and he said, well, he said, I went to Sunday school when I was a child, but no, probably not. I said, would you like me to do that? Can I do that? And he said, yes. And so I shared the gospel with him. I shared about how Jesus died on the cross. I shared about how he's a sinner, how everyone's a sinner, and that we can't get to heaven with our sin condition the way it is. It says the wages of sin is death. And that's eternal death. It says, God so loved the world, that's wonderful, that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have every everlasting life. Would not perish. I said, perishing is more than just perishing in the ground. It's eternally perishing. It's under eternal judgment and torture in hell. And I explained all that to him. Why? Because I'm not ashamed of the gospel. That's the gospel. And... Um, and then I told him about how Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood to forgive his sins, to cleanse him and to wash his sins. And all he has to do is to turn from his sins, repent and receive Christ and trust in him for his salvation. Live for him, turn his life, turn his heart towards Christ and worship him. And I said, would you like to pray a prayer with me where we do that? And he said, yes, I believe I would. So together we prayed the sinner's prayer and I laid my hands on him and he became born again by the Spirit of God. Amen. Amen. And then I would go and visit him because he's not the sort of guy I could imagine getting to church anytime soon. He was kind of, you know, pretty out there. 
pretty worldly kind of a man. But I would go and visit him every fortnight. He lived way over the other side of town, but I wanted to visit him. And, you know, we prayed prayers together where he forgave his ex-wives for all kinds of stuff. And, you know, through tears, I said, God can't forgive you if you're not going to forgive them. I said, that's the gospel. It says, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. We pray for so many people and we lead them in a prayer of forgiveness and their arthritis just leaves their back and they're delivered on the spot. Because people say, oh, God hasn't healed me. Well, you've got too many roadblocks there stopping him from being able to touch you. You know, with healing, the ball's not in, in, in God's court. The ball's in our court. God has served the ball to us. When did he do that? When he sent his one and only son and he hung on the cross and he said, it is finished. Jesus has done all of his stuff. He's done it. He's sitting up beside, he's sitting at the right hand of God the Father. He's not roaming around on the earth. He's sitting, be, the Holy Ghost is roaming around on the earth looking for people he can empower, amen. Looking for Christians who open their heart and want to be used by him to be able to administer to others and release the power of heaven into their lives. But Jesus has already done it. He's already paid the price for all of our, for everything we could ever want. The blockage is not at his end. Give me a wave. Have I lost anyone yet? No. The blockage is not at his end. It's at our end. That's where things need to be. That's called repenting. That's like, well, I'm just going to change the way I think about that thing. I'm going to change my view on this. I'm going to change my attitude towards that. I'm going to forgive that person who did all that stuff to me. We're, we, we were, well, years ago, not long after we first started, we were ministering in, um, in parks, New South Wales, you know, where the big, big dish. Yeah, we weren't at the dish. We're in a, we're in a, in a Assemblies of God church in parks and it was the same church that Smith Wigglesworth preached in. I'm thinking, Mark, we're going to have a revival here. It's going to be the Smith Wigglesworth anointing. Amen. We did have some good things happen. It was a good day, actually. A lot of people got saved. And um, anyway, what dwell on that too much. The, uh, uh, this one lady, that's right, this, this elderly lady comes to the front and she wants prayer. She's got a really, she got arthritis and stuff all through her back. And, um, and I prayed for her. The power of God comes over her and she's laid out on the, on the, on the, on the, on the floor. And, um, and then another woman comes to the front and she's got to forgive. So she forgave whoever it was and she got set free. And then this other lady in the meantime had got up off the floor and was tugging on the back of my shirt. And she's saying, I, said, I need to forgive. I need to forgive. I need to forgive. I said, how's your back? She said, yeah, it's feeling a lot better, but I need to forgive, I need to forgive. I said, all right, let's forgive. And um, the way I lead people in a prayer is they, is they say, Jesus, I choose to forgive, and they say the person's first name. Now, these days I get them to whisper it, but back then we were sort of raw and we would just go for it. And, um, and I didn't know what was going to come out. And so she whispered the guy's first name, was Bruce or something, and, and I said, for, because you've got to say what for, and she said, for raping me in the front of a semi-trailer 40 years ago. Wow. And the whole congregation, the compassion just, just went forward. And, the, and I just pray, and the power of God comes over and she's back out on the ground. And she's down there for another, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes. And then she finally gets up 
and she's running around, she's pain-free, and she's got tears streaming down her eyes. She says, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. I'll be able to tell people about Jesus now. I'm free, my heart's free, I'm set free. I'll be able to tell, I, I can feel it. I'll be able to tell anybody about Jesus now. I'm free. All this weight, all the guilt, all the condemnation was lifted off her life in Jesus' name. <laughs> Glory to God. See, the ball's in our court. There's always stuff we can do. Let's have a look here in the Word. Luke chapter 5, verse 7. I didn't finish my story about the, 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 uh, the old guy with the crooked knees. Anyway, so he gives his heart to Christ and we forgive all his wives and I visit him a few times. He's actually dying of cancer. And, um, and his daughter, who wasn't saved, would send me these texts and saying, would you be able to... Um, I know you're visiting my dad and it's great. Would you be able to make sure he's, he's, um, he, he's happy to be going into the afterlife that he's not fearful. And I just texted back, I said, he's totally fine. He's going to be quiet, you know. <laughs> it was very... And then about a, a month later, I get this text from her that says, my dear sweet dad died peacefully in his sleep last night. I just want to thank you for all the time you spent with him, making him feel so special. Praise the Lord. Amen. He'll be in heaven when I get there. His name was Graham. He'll be up there. I believe there's going to be a door greeting team in heaven i got a Bible verse for it. It says it's better to be a door greeter in the house of the Lord than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. There'll be door greeters up there, you betcha. And he'll be there. There's another guy called Bruce that I got saved. He'll be up there too. He'll talk, talk the leg off a chair. But Graham will be there and he'll say, oh, Brett, he, oh, I'm glad you're, I'm so glad you came to see me that day. I'm so glad you told me about Christ that day. That's, he'll, that's how he'll say it. He's, you know, right out there. And... Um, I tell you, it's just going to be the most amazing place. And that's the reason why we're alive right now. You know what the meaning of life is? The meaning of life is to prepare yourself for the next life. And once you've done that, you prepare other people, help them get prepared for the next life. That's it. That's all we're here for. We're not here to buy ship stations and do all this stuff. Even, you know, if God's blessed you in that way, that's fantastic. But we're here primarily to get people saved, to get them set free, to get them facing towards God, to get them to discover God, to release the power of the gospel into their lives. Yes. Have a look at this in Luke chapter 5, verse 17. It says, um, it came to pass on a certain day. It came to pass on a certain day. I said it came to pass. On a certain day. Some people in this meeting here tonight, you've been waiting for things to happen. I'm telling you, it will come to pass. It will come to pass. There might be one or two of you that might have to come to every one of these meetings across this weekend. But I'm telling you, by the end of this weekend, it will come to pass. You say, well, why can't I just get healed? Well, you probably will tonight. But you've got to be prepared. You've got to be prepared to go hard after God. Why? Because the ball's not in his court, it's in our court. And you might say, oh, well, I've, you know, didn't happen last time. Well, did you try? How much did you put in last time? Were you prepared to, to seek after him? You see, my Bible says, I know the plans I have for you, Jeremiah 29. Who's heard of this Bible verse before? Everybody loves it. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. 
Wonderful. But just read the next verse. It says, then you will seek me and you'll find me. You'll pray to me and I'll answer you when you seek me with all your heart. See, people come to God half-hearted and wonder why nothing happens. Oh, I, give, I gave that a try. People say, do you, you know, what do you do when you try to pray for this? I don't try. I never try. I just do. I don't, I don't try and get people healed. I heal them in Jesus' name. Amen. You see, that's wholehearted. We're not just having a try. I'm going to try and see if I can get... No, that won't work. Quit trying. You got to do. The Bible says to be a, 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 not just a hearer, but a doer of the word. Otherwise, you're deceiving yourself. You're thinking, oh, well, God, no, God works. But the ball's not in his court, it's in our court. Are we prepared to go through what we need to go through to get to him? Are we prepared to lay some things down? I, I have to say this because I've got to help you here tonight. Give me a wave if you want to be helped here tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got to be prepared to go all the way for him. We've got to be prepared to be wholehearted. There's another verse, and God, God will not allow himself to be found by anybody who's not wholehearted. Did you know that? He'd be breaking his word if he did. He'd be break, and he, he, he would cheapen himself. Like, why is he going to cheat? He, he can't cheapen himself. He's God Almighty. We've got to rise to him. He doesn't come, you know? Do you know what I'm trying to say? He, he says he's not going to come, come. He's not going to be your mum and try and come after you and clean up after you and do all this. And no, we've got to come to him. He's God Almighty. When we start to realize, then it says another scripture says this. It says God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. You can't be saved without the grace of God operating on your life. You can't be saved without him drawing you and being and 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 extending his love towards you even though you don't deserve it. You can't you can't be saved without his grace, but you can't get that grace unless you humble yourself. Humble yourself says, "Well God, I'm going to I'm going to go the extra mile. I'm going to put myself out. I'm going to come down to the front to be prayed for." Some people say, "Oh, well, can you pray for me?" No, you come out here. Oh, why can't you come to where I'm? Well, I probably could but I won't. Amen. <laughs> Amen. You know what I mean by this, don't you? Yeah. I don't have to explain it. Listen to what happened in this story. It came to pass on a certain day that Jesus was teaching and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were sitting there. They were in the best seats. People had come from every village of Galilee, Judea and Jerusalem and the power of the Lord. Everybody say the power of the Lord. The power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men carrying a paralysed man on a mat tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up onto the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, Who is this? Who, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were saying. He knew what they were thinking. And he asked, Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? 
Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on the earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, take up your mat and go home. Immediately, he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. Or the, or the, um, the King James says, we have seen strange things today. Amen. I love it when strange things happen in church. I don't want the same old, same old in church. Amen. I want a church where anything could happen anytime, any place, any way, where the power of God can move freely. That's called a new wineskin type church. That's the sort of church this is. Amen. There's, we'd love to go to a lot of different churches, but a lot of different churches have got their program and they can't allow for this sort of stuff. And it might go five minutes too long. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. That's not as funny as you think. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal. Did you know that Jesus didn't heal anybody until the power of the Holy Spirit came on him? It's the power of the Holy Spirit that sets people free. It's in the name of Jesus because that's where the authority comes from, but you need power as well as authority. Jesus didn't heal any people at all, didn't do any ministry until the power of the Holy Spirit came upon him. And then he gave this command or he gave all these um, commands to his disciples, Matthew 10, 1. And when he called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. So many, so many healings we see are, direct, are a direct result of a demonic affliction upon a person's life. They're not possessed. It's very rare to find someone who's possessed. Very, very rare. In fact, I don't think I've ever found a person who's possessed. But I've found many, 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 many people and Christians as much as anyone who are demonized. Let me explain this really quick. We have a spirit. You are a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. That's how we are created. Your spirit is your spirit man on the inside. Your soul is your mind, your will and your emotions. And your body is the shell that holds it all together. When we die, our body stops. And our spirit and our soul go on for all eternity. And we are just as alive after we die as we are when we're dead. You know the word dead? As, did I say that wrong? No. No. But you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> My wife at least thinks that's funny. <laughs> we're just as alive when we're alive as what we are when we die. The word death in the Bible means to separate. When we die, our body separates. When Jesus was on the cross, the Bible says he gave up his spirit. When he died on the cross, he gave up his spirit. That's what happens. Our spirit and our soul separates from our body. When you become born again, your spirit man becomes brand new on the inside. That's what happens. That's why the Bible says in, in um, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man is in Christ or woman, 
He's a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. All this is from God. So your spirit, man, is, is made alive by the Holy Spirit. But that's not your soul and that's not your body. Your body is still the same body. Amen. If you had freckles, you still got freckles. If you had a sore knee, you probably still got a sore knee. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Depends if someone prayed for that. And your, your mind and all that, the Bible says in Romans 12, it says be, you'll be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Our spirit is instantly made brand new and perfect as it will be in heaven in 10,000 years time, just the same as what it is right now if you're born again. Amazing. But your soul is on a journey. And, and the demonic world can't, can't to, for a person to be possessed, that's when their whole spirit and everything, it's, they're all taken over. That can't happen to a Christian. But you can still become demonized, where there can be a, a spiritual affliction upon a person's body, bringing pain or suffering of some kind. Or there can be a mental or an emotional heaviness, depression. We see many, many, many people healed and set free of depression. If you look, the latest one I put up just last night on my YouTube and on my Facebook channel, a woman in, um, in Daniloquin was completely delivered from a spirit of oppression that was on her mind. She'd been on heavy medication for, for um, depression and, um, and trauma and all that for 40 years. And instantly she set free and she's straight away started to reduce Massive amounts of her medication she's stopped taking. She's still on a little bit because she's got to take it off slowly. But straight away, and she's told, and all through her body, she had fatty liver. She had um, th stage three kidney disease. She had aches and pains. All it's all gone. The Bible says in, in, in Isaiah 61, this is what Jesus would preach. He says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord. Why the power of God? The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. A lot of people have got broken hearts right now. I often pray for people with broken hearts and their broken hearts are set free and tears begin to flow and the pain leaves their body. Because it's a broken heart, the emotional world of people's lives, it, 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 it goes out into the physical. He sent me to bind up the broken heart and proclaim freedom for the captives, release from darkness to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to be so on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness. Spirit of heaviness gets on a person and they, no drugs will get rid of that. No, no medication will ever stop that. You can take medication till the cows come home. Why? Because it's a demon and you can't medicate a demon. But you can pray and you can drive that out in the name of Jesus and it will go. It has to go because they have no authority. They have no authority. Jesus said, it says, so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. The reason why Jesus has authority is because he was a man. I get into another subject there. If I, I'll go too long if I do that. Who can forgive sins? When Jesus, the Bible says, when Jesus saw their faith, what did their faith look like? It looked like this. There's a paralyzed man on his mat and his mates were saying, well, we've got to get you to Jesus. And he couldn't do anything. His mates said, well, we're going to come round. They got out their phone. They looked in the app to make sure it was going to be fine. Praise God, the weather. Because they got to carry him for about, I don't know, 50 kilometres by foot, carrying him on his mat. 
No, they just went. They just said, we're going tomorrow, rain or shine. We're going. They weren't fair weather Christians. They weren't, oh, well, let's just go off it. You guys know about fair weather living in Melbourne, praise God. <laughs> they weren't fair weather Christians. They would just turn up, whether it's rain, hail or snow. We've got to get to Jesus. Why? Because they're desperate. And they walk for hours and hours and hours. Might have been in the rain, might have been in the hot sun, whatever. But they're walking, carrying their friend on his mat. And they get to the house. They get around the last corner where they know Jesus is preaching in this house. It's a big house. And they get there and there's a whole like a football oval full of people outside the house. The house is packed. There's all these people outside the house. And there's like about 10 people in front of them on stretchers and mats and everything like that as well. And they get there and most Christians say, oh, mustn't be God's will. Let's go home. Let's go to Macca's. We're not going, you know, we can't get, can't get to Jesus. There's no other way. Too bad, you know. Well, I tried, but that didn't work for me, you know. I went down to that church. I went there a couple of weeks. I went there for no one talked to me the second time I was there. So I couldn't be bothered now. I don't bother going anymore. You know, that's how most people are when it comes to... That, that, that's not how it works. And they, it says here, it says when they could not find a way. You say, well, you don't know what I've been through. And I say, well, you don't know what I've been through. Come on. Well, but if you only knew what, well, if you knew what I've been through. It doesn't matter what you've been through. Doesn't matter what I've been through. The only thing that matters is what Jesus went through. And the Bible says in 1 Peter 2.24, who himself bore our sin in his own body on the tree that we having died to sin might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. It says we having died to sins. That means we died to a bit of comfort. We died to a bit of convenience. We died to a bit of, you know, energy and effort and whatever it might take. We get over that, amen. We died to a bit of pride, amen. We died to a few of these other things and we say, I'm going to get to Jesus. And as soon as we start to die to some of those things and we push through and get to Him, boom, the miracle takes place. The power of God is... Following Jesus is not an easy peasy, you know, let's just do it when it suits us. That doesn't work. That's not wholehearted. Yeah. Hallelujah. They could not find a way. They said, no, 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 there's got to be a way. They won't take no for an answer. There's got to be a way. So they went round the back of the house and they realised they could get onto the roof. And if you read the account in... Um, one of the other Gospels, it says they dug through. Well, they never had a shovel, so they had to go and borrow a shovel from them. Come on, this is what it would have been like. How are you going to dig through with no shovel? So they have to go up and down the street. No one's there because everyone's at the meeting. Amen. The houses are all empty. And so they go look and eventually they find a shovel and they slide the guy up onto the roof. He's holding on like this. This is before OH&S days. Yeah, amen. They slide him up onto the roof. And they dig a hole through the roof just so they can get him to Jesus. And the guy that all his circumstances, everything in his life, 
everything around him said, it is impossible for you to get a breakthrough. It's impossible for you to get to Jesus. That guy is lowered down and put right in front of Jesus. And the other guys who were sitting there in the front row within arm's length never got to touch him. Your circumstances have nothing to do with whether you can get a breakthrough in God or not. What's going on around your life has nothing to do, is irrelevant as to whether or not God can touch you and make a mark in your world. That has nothing to do. The Bible says, listen to this. It says, um, when Jesus, uh, he says, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? The only thing that can stop you from touching Jesus in this meeting or in any other meeting right now is what are you thinking in your heart? If your heart is drawn to Him, if your heart is open to Him, I'm telling you, your circumstances mean absolutely nothing. If you become wholehearted and say, God, I want to touch you here tonight. I'm going to step over all my issues. I'm going to step over my pride. I'm going to step over all my my memories and my trauma and my stuff that's come with me from the past. I'm going to step over all the bad experiences I've had. Maybe people in a church somewhere who wouldn't talk to me or told me something I didn't want to know or were rude to me or whatever. I'm going to get over all that. I'm just going to follow you and get to you wholeheartedly. I'm telling you here tonight, if you'll do that in your heart, you'll touch him and you'll be set free in this meeting. Amen. Come on, I need an amen out of you guys. Praise God. Let's give it up for Jesus. Come on, let's give him some worship. Luke 10, 19, and he said unto them, I saw Satan fall like night, like lightning. And behold, I give you power to tread upon snakes and scorpions and overcome all the power of the devil and nothing by any means can harm you. You know, God has invested that power in us here in the church because of the day of Pentecost. Amen. The Bible talks about Jesus' life, his death, his burial, his resurrection, and thank God, his ascension. Because when he was ascended on high, that was when the Holy Ghost could come and be poured out upon the earth. Amen. That was when ordinary men and women could receive the power of God. They could receive that same anointing that came from Jesus. That same anointing where he talks about in Isaiah 61, the anointing to break the broken heart, to to bind the brokenhearted and to set the captives free. That same anointing that comes upon a person and drives the devil off their life. That's what he's released upon the church right now. This is the hour we are living in, where the power of God is on display, where people's lives are transformed. Amen. We were praying up in, in, in Cairns. We did, we did um, how many meetings? We did, um, oh, heaps. Um, how many churches was it? 11, 11 churches in, three, in, in um, two and a half months we ministered in. And one of those was in, in Cairns. It was 85 people got saved over that time through all those churches and meetings. And, and we're in Cairns at, at the CRC church in Cairns actually. And this woman came out in a wheelchair. The bottom one third of her spine was eaten away from osteoporosis. She'd been like that for I don't know how long. She's sitting in the chair and we prayed for her and I'm laying my hands on her. And, 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 and she says, I can feel there's pulsations going up and down my spine as you're praying. I can feel these pulsations going up and down the bottom half of my spine like, uh, uh, like electrical 
um, pulsations are going through there. And then I prayed for her leg. And she says, as soon as you prayed for the leg, I could feel tingling in my leg, but the back stopped. So then I prayed, kept praying for the back and then the pulsations started again. Anyway, then two of us, we helped her. She got up by herself actually she gets out of her wheelchair and she starts to walk praise God and her back's not hurting there's no more pain glory to God not only that but at the end of the meeting she walks out to her car without the wheelchair someone else wheeled the wheelchair and she walks back out to her car in Jesus name that's the power of the Holy Ghost mind you she renounced a whole bunch of stuff her family had been into witchcraft her parents and so forth and a little bit of that had got onto her when she was a teenager and she, she dabbled in some things and she goes to renounce in all these different things and as she renounces each one more and more stuff just begins to unlock off her life amen the devil the bible says the devil comes to steal to kill and to destroy but Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. There's certain things in our lives that if we, that if we there's doors that we can open that will, that will allow satanic forces to operate on our lives. That lady who I was telling you about who had the, um, or the, got the demon came off her with the mental stuff, the depression and all that. She, she'd been into Ouija boards and seances and stuff like that when she was a young person. We were down here in, in Melbourne again in, in another church in Frankston actually. lady come to the front. She'd been sitting in the back. She said she wasn't going to come forward. She told me this afterwards. And she starts weeping uncontrollably down the back. And she knows she's got to come out the front. So she comes out the front without me asking her anything. And she's standing there. She can't talk. Her, she's just all like this. And I said, would you like to do it? Would you like to pray privately? And she goes, no, no, no. She says, I've got to say this in front of everyone. She says, I right now, I just want to renounce yoga and the new age. I want to renounce doing all these different things and sitting under all this, this yoga, this um, um, Dean, Dean Das, whoever that is, in Melbourne, some guru guy, sitting under him and receiving all this healing energy into my body and all this different stuff. I want to renounce all of that stuff right now. And she was traumatised. And I prayed for her. And as soon as I broke a spirit of divination off her life, power of God comes on her and she just, she just collapsed like she totally fainted, like boom, on the spot. And then I knew there was more. I said, come on, every one of you is coming out. And all of a sudden she starts to drive around on the floor as one after the other after the other, these demonic oppressions and things left her life in Jesus' name. And then when the last one left, she just goes oh, like that, totally relaxed and completely set free. She's laid out on the ground. And I said, can you talk? And she said, yes. And I said, have you ever been filled with the Holy Ghost? And she says, I'm not sure. I think I might have been just now, praise God. <laughs> I said, have you ever prayed in tongues? And she said, no. I said, would you like to do that? And she said, yes. So I just put my hand on her head and I led her in a prayer and boom, she starts roaring off there in tongues, still laying on the ground right off to the back of being delivered. Why? Because when the devil goes out, you've got to fill up the house, amen. Yeah. You've got to invite the Holy Ghost to come on in. And so now she's praying in tongues and she's on fire for God. She gets up at the end of the meeting and testifies. She says, I've always had this tight band around my head. It's just always, always, always there. And she said, it's gone. It's completely gone in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm going to start to pray for the sick here. Um, give me a wave if you need healing in your body tonight. If you've come, you want to get healed tonight. You've got healing. You know, sickness is in your body. All right, I'm going to do this in a particular order that the Holy Spirit's given me. It generally goes like this. I want to pray for people who've got pain. Give me a wave if you're suffering, you're sitting in a lot of pain right now. 
All right? Now, if that's you, I want you to make your way out of your seat and just come and sit in one of these front um, seats across the front here. They're especially reserved for people who've got a lot of pain in their bodies. Amen. Praise God. And the rest of us? Okay. And the rest of us, we're just going to reach out and believe God for these people as we pray. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Anna. I trust that during the service, God was moving in your heart and his presence was where you are. Just before we say goodbye today, I'd love to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. If today's message spoke to you, or you've been considering believing in Jesus as your saviour, then I would love to invite you to do that now. Would you repeat this short prayer after me? Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose again to give me life. I ask you to forgive my sins and be my Lord and my Saviour. I open my heart to you today. Amen. If you said yes to Jesus today, we would love to hear from you. We would love to celebrate with you, pray with you, and help you start your Jesus journey. Visit our website, manninghamcc.org, and go to the I Said Yes page. Fill out your details, and one of our leaders will get in touch with you. We would love to hear your story. Hey, thanks for joining in today and being part of our service. If you enjoyed today's service, would you click the share button and subscribe to MCC so you can stay connected. We all need some good news and we would love to hear how God has spoken to you today. Visit manninghamcc.org and fill out a good news story form today. If you would love to know more how to grow in your relationship with God, then Next Steps provides the path for you. Visit manninghamcc.org to find out more. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.